This is CNN Breaking News. Welcome to The Lead. I'm Jake Tapper, and we start today with breaking news. Hurricane Ian has made landfall on the western coast of Florida as a devastating Category 4 storm. Just after uh, 3 p.m. East Coast, uh, the eye crossed over Cayo Costa, a barrier island near Fort Myers, Florida. Uh, This is a live look at the satellite right now. Uh, and you can see the the immense size and strength of this hurricane. The winds are topping out at 150 miles per hour. Uh, that's just shy of making this a monstrous Category 5. Now, this was the scene just ahead of landfall, captured by a storm chaser in Pine Island, Florida, again near Fort Myers. These conditions are only expected to worsen in the coming hours, believe it or not. Right now, more than 850,000 customers are without power across the state of Florida. Another major concern today is the storm surge. The storm surge is the abnormal rise of ocean water that's generated by the storm. The Lee County Sheriff expects that to be, quote, life-changing today. Now, that area includes Fort Myers and the city of Cape Coral, where the emergency management manager tells CNN Hurricane Ian will likely be one of the worst hurricanes that the region has ever seen. Now, we're covering the storm as only CNN can with our team of journalists positioned around the state of Florida to bring us all the very latest. Just north of Fort Myers, more than 100 mile per hour winds have been whipping the coast. Let's get right to CNN's Randy Kay and Bill Weir live from Punta Gorda. Bill, let me start with you. Tell us about the conditions where you are. Well, Jake, we're in the the north part of the eye wall. We're anticipating the eye. We may see a little bit of blue sky here, and we may see some lessened winds as it as it moves over us. But just within the last hour and a half or so, we've seen such violent wind, and we've been spending so much time talking justifiably about the danger of the storm surge. But the wind hit 106 miles an hour at the airport here in Punta Gorda, and then the wind meter broke. So we have no idea if it got stronger after that. We were told to brace for possibly nine feet of storm surge right here. And we're a good six blocks from the water's edge. But thankfully, we haven't seen any of that kind of storm surge kicking up in this part yet. The emergency managers of Charlotte County had a press conference just a few minutes ago. They said about 60,000 people are in the red zone. They have no idea how many people refuse to evacuate. But thankfully, no critical calls. But even if someone were to call 911 right now, no one could come help them. It's just too violent uh, right now. And so, Jake, we're just bracing right now. I think Randy is not far from me. Uh... All right. Randy uh, Kay? Let's go to Randy Kay. Randy, what are you seeing where you are? Uh, Jake, we are uh, at the top of a parking garage here in downtown uh, Punta Gorda. And uh, you're looking at some of our pictures here from our camera. This is this house that's right across from us. uh, And we've been watching it just get whipped. All these trees, you can see many of them have come down uh, just in the last uh, hour, couple of hours or so. The winds have certainly picked up to those hurricane force winds. But it was raining so hard, um, violently, actually. And we saw lightning and there was some pretty loud thunderclaps. That has since lessened. Uh, We were told that the eye would be passing over us and we would see a little bit lighter rain, possibly lighter winds, Uh, although it doesn't feel like we're getting uh, the lighter winds. But uh, you can see just what's going on. We've been watching the transformers here as well. 
have been shaking uh, on the on the polls just outside here. So there's a lot of concern that those could come down. But just as Bill said, you know, we're not far from uh, Charlotte Harbor where I'm standing. Even though we're on higher ground, we were told about this 12 to 18 foot possible uh, storm surge. And I am inside the parking garage and this is how fierce the wind is. But we haven't seen the storm surge uh, down in the streets below us uh, that we were expecting or being warned about. So uh, that doesn't seem to have come just yet. We'll see if it comes uh, in the in the hours ahead this evening. But for now, uh, the streets are still, you know, just pretty, pretty high. Just a little bit of water, but the wind certainly, uh, Jake, still very, very dangerously strong here. And, and Randy, you've lived in Florida for a long time. The, some of the um, experts are, are predicting this could be one of the worst hurricanes to ever hit the state of Florida. Yeah, I mean, I, and I've covered them here as well. Uh, Hurricane Irma covered that one uh, years ago back in 2017. Uh, that hit in the Keys. Uh, certainly we know about Charlie that hit here back in 2004. Uh, this one is is tied as far as the winds that, that uh, landfall, 150 mile an hour winds. But this is, this is serious. I, I have not experienced a hurricane or winds uh, like this one before. And I can't imagine people who have just moved here uh, or people who do live here and have never experienced a hurricane before. Uh, this community has a lot of retirees. You can imagine uh, they had to get to safer ground, I'm sure. And a lot of people have evacuated. Thousands of people have evacuated. But it is, it is not anything, uh, this force of wind, uh, that I have ever experienced living in Florida, Jake. And Bill, where you've, uh, you're a veteran uh, coverer of, of hurricanes. You've been covering them now for decades. Uh, what is it like in terms of the experience you're going through right now? Uh, the, the winds are up there in terms of the strongest I've ever experienced personally, the kind that can just take your breath away. Uh, they're so violent. Uh, but it, really the concern of this, Jake, was it been the water thus far. And as Randy said, we haven't seen, thankfully, that storm surge that had so many people worried about, unprecedented. But there will still be so many homes flooded in this storm that weren't flooded in years previous for a lot of reasons. More people, uh, more construction near the most vulnerable areas. But Punta Gorda, more than any other city in Florida, has heeded the warnings of climate scientists. And after they went through Charlie 18 years ago, was the first community to really harden their town uh, against storms like this. Building codes, their, uh, the roof of their emergency management center got blown off by Hurricane Charlie, so they moved that. They've taken a number of steps. This is a huge test for them uh, right now, but I, I think the thing that I'm thinking about, you know, thinking back to covering Katrina or Irma, Irene, is what comes next and the heartbreak that's in store for folks who are gonna deal with flooding for the first time. There is an insurance crisis in the state of Florida. Governor DeSantis mentioned he had to put $2 billion as a backstop into that uh, a few days ago. Uh, and so it's the long-term effects of these storms and what it does to productivity and, and jobs and businesses. Charlie tore apart 11,000 homes and 300 businesses. Charlie cost this county alone over $3 billion. And as a result of that storm, they retired the name Charlie. There will never be another storm with that name. Jake, I, I would hazard a bet that there will be no more storms named Ian after this one. Bill, we're seeing things flying by you. Can you give us an idea of what that is, what the debris is? It's, uh, it's, it's garbage. It's, it's palm fronds you see blowing across. We've got a dumpster 
sort of structure over there when the steel doors have come loose and are banging. I wonder if they'll hold, oh, if those hinges will hold. But yeah, let me just, I'm not a big fan of wind acrobatics, but let me show you. Ah, and this is minor. This is, this is minor to what we've had in the last hour or so. So it looks like the eye is actually coming our way. A little bit of relief, but again, for those people who are experiencing this for the first time, you can't be lured to go outside and let your guard down if you are under that eye because the back end of the storm is coming and you have no idea what's coming next. And you're about, Bill, you're about six blocks from the ocean, you say, and, and so if the storm surge comes or when the storm surge comes, you'll have enough time to, to get on the second or third floor? Yeah, we'll be, we get, we have, we're fine when it comes to that sort of thing. Uh, we're about six blocks from the port of, oh, from the harbor. We're sheltered from the, the Gulf of Mexico. Oh, the harbor's that way. I'm losing, I'm being blown around my directions. The harbor's that way. Oh. But thankfully we're not seeing that, any proof of that rising water here. But in other places, Naples, their all-time storm surge record was around four feet. They've already broken that by two feet. Uh, so we don't know what's coming next when it comes to the water. Uh, and we have been downplaying the wind as a second sort of supporting actor in this disaster film. Uh, but right now it is a featured player. And it is really, whoo, it comes in these waves. It comes in these waves, sorry. Where you think you can uh, relax for a second and then one comes, a gust comes out of nowhere. Yeah, those are brutal. All right, Bill, we're gonna, we're gonna come back to you. Uh, let's go to Derek Van Dam right now. He's in Bradenton, uh, uh, Florida, which is a little farther north than, Will, than where Bill Weir uh, and Randy Kay are right now. Derek, tell us about the conditions where you are. You know, I can echo what Bill was saying just a moment ago about how these strong hurricane force gusts, they have been coming in waves. And just by the pure nature of being in this kind of downtown setting of Bradenton, you get these little eddies or swirls that ricochet off of all of these buildings. And literally, it's difficult for my team and I to stand, including my cameraman. You'll likely see that through the course of this, this live shot. We have had the opportunity to drive around and uh, you know, what we saw was flying debris, debris coming, uh, becoming aerial within Bradenton, downtown. Uh, we also saw some of the uh, transformers actually being blown behind us, and that took out the communication. There's one of those. You know, every time, every time those wind gusts come through, we get pieces of shrapnel pieces of debris that come and like wedge themselves in your mouth. I mean, they're like splinters when they hit your face. Uh, this storm is progressively, slowly edging closer and closer to us. And we know that the eye wall, as it makes its way inland, will bring some of those outer rain or the outer eye wall winds to this particular location. So it's hard to imagine that in the coming hours, Jake, we, we have the potential here to have double the winds that we're experiencing now. And uh, the storm surge we actually experienced here earlier was considered negative storm surge because the Manatee River, which is just to my left, was literally void of water. We could see the dried up riverbed because the winds were so powerful from the Northeast. Remember, we're on the Northern side of the storm, so it pushed the water out. 
and literally some of the uh, sailboats that we saw in the harbor were actually resting on their keels. Now that is starting to change because there's been a marked difference in the winds coming from the uh, what was at northeast at first now coming from a more northerly direction and we're going to start seeing that water and that surge come right back up the Manatee River right back into Bradenton the nooks and crannies and this is when things are going to start to get extremely serious once the worst part of this storm arrives in this area Jake. All right Derek Van Dam live from Bradenton uh, Florida we'll, we'll come back to you thanks so much uh, or at the top of the show we told you that more than 800,000 customers are without power uh, throughout the state of Florida. Uh, that number has now been updated. It's more than one million. More than one million Floridians uh, no longer have power. Let's go to uh, meteorologist Jennifer Gray. She's in the CNN Severe Weather Center. Uh, so, Jennifer, show us what's going on right now in Florida as this hurricane makes landfall, specifically where our reporters are experiencing Hurricane Ian's eyewall. Right. Well, you were talking to Bill and Randy off the top of the show, and they're in Punta Gorda, and I'll show you exactly where that is now. Here's Punta Gorda, and here's the eye of the storm just around them. So you would suspect that they would now be seeing clearing, they would get calm winds, but the winds were nothing but calm where they were. And a lot of that has to do with this area right here. You can see the eye sort of filling in and sometimes within the eye you'll get these mesovortices, these little uh, swirls of wind, very, very strong winds inside the eye. And so I do think that's what they're dealing with now. Of course, what's going to be questionable is if they actually get that clearing because they're going to be so close to that backside where they're going to continue to get very strong winds. They were in winds of more than 100 miles per hour for more than an hour and a half consistently. So they have really gotten the brunt of this. Bradenton is 50 miles to the north, and you saw how strong the winds were for Derek as well. So this storm is very big, and that's what makes it different from Charlie. Charlie was a small storm. This one's massive. What's also very concerning for me is um, if down to the south, the storm surge is going to continue for Fort Myers, in Naples. We've already seen record storm surge. As long as the winds are continuing in this direction as they are, and you can see the motion of this storm, that water is going to continue to push inland. And so the water is going to continue to rise as long as that's happening. And so that's the worrying part about this storm. This has winds of 145 miles per hour, so it is slowly starting to back down. But these winds are going to stay well over 100 miles per hour for hours and hours on end. So as the backside of this storm comes on shore, that's where we're going to see more of those 100-mile-per-hour winds. This is going to cross the state. It is going to weaken as it does so. But, Jake, we can't forget the rainfall that's going to come with this storm. We could see areas in Florida that receive more than two feet of rain. And so when you talk about the rainwater, in addition to the storm surge, we are going to see major flooding. We have already seen pictures out of Fort Myers where the water is up to the roof line. And so the storm surge is incredible. The rainfall is going to just add to that as we get into the overnight hours into tomorrow. Uh, So there are More than a million, I believe you said, power outages right now across the state. That number is climbing quickly. Here's a look at the radar. You can see the rain is far reaching. There's the center of the storm right there, but the rain stretches all the way up uh, to North Florida. 
as this crisscrosses across the state and then b impacting uh, portions of the southeast coast. We are going to be continuing to talk about this for the next several days, Jake. But right now, the strongest winds are still right there on that southwest coast, and we are far from seeing this over. We are going to be in this for several, several more hours in that same spot. And, and Jennifer, let me just answer a couple of my ignorant questions here. Uh, I'm, I'm nowhere near the, the expert on weather. First yeah. of all, the risk that the hurricane just stays over a major metropolitan area and, and, and hovers for a day or two, we've been talking about that risk for... Uh, for a while now, and we've seen it in previous storms. Um, when will we know uh, whether or not it's going to do that? Well, it, it did slow a little bit. The good news is it didn't slow as much as previously forecasted. We were talking about this storm slowing down to three miles per hour or so. Right now, it's moving at about 10 miles per hour, maybe just a touch less. This storm is moving very slowly. So basically, that simply means that the impacts are going to be felt for hours and hours on end. What we love is a storm to move quickly because it gets in and out. When you have a storm that just sits over an area for long periods of time like this, it only makes the storm surge worse because that wind is continuing uh, to push that water inland into the rivers, into these canals. You know, Florida is, has so many canals right along uh, the coast and even far inland and all of the rivers. So that's just going to continue to pile up. And then the rainfall with these slow moving systems is what is hugely impactful. We saw with Harvey, remember how slow that storm moved. We saw 40 inches of rain with that storm. With this storm moving slowly like this, you can expect totals topping two feet um, around central portions of Florida. And we're including places in that, like Tampa and Orlando. So even though you're not uh, right in those 150 mile per hour winds, you could get huge impacts from the rainfall. My other question for you right now, Jennifer, and I'm going to have them throughout the, the two hour period I'm giving the show here. Um, when should Bill and Randy expect the storm surge, that, that flooding from the ocean? When, when will that come? So it's going, you're, they're going to have to have a shift in the wind. I don't think that they're going to see the storm surge that was predicted because uh, the storm is coming in just to the south of them. So you have to have that onshore wind to get the storm surge to push in. When the winds are pushing offshore, when they're pushing from east to west, you actually get the water pushing out. So where they are right here, we need a wind that's going to come in uh, from the west. And so I think on the backside of this storm, once the storm pushes farther inland, they may get some surge then. They will get some surge then. But I don't think it's going to be to the heights of, uh, say, 10 feet. Um, I don't think it's going to be that at all. All right. Well, let's hope that you're correct, uh, Jennifer, and I'll come back to you yeah. in a little bit. Hurricane Ian is just getting started, unfortunately. This is Collier County in the Naples area. CNN has reporters covering this monster storm across the state of Florida as it makes landfall with 150 mile per hour winds and historic storm surges in parts of the state. Go, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. You're looking right now at the, at the west side uh, of South Tampa, Florida, the churning water. Uh, we're obviously following the breaking news down in Florida, Hurricane Ian officially making landfall just just about an hour ago along the southwestern coast, winds near 150 miles per hour, just devastating, making Ian a high-end Category 4 hurricane, almost a Category 5. Let's go to CNN's Carlos Suarez. He's, he's in a different part of Tampa uh, where the water is actually being pulled out uh, of, of the city. And, and Carlos, Tampa's mayor was warning residents, don't let your guard down ahead of the storm. Um, is the city prepared, do you think? 
Well, their hope is that folks uh, don't uh, venture out just because there's not a whole lot of rain and wind to speak of right now. That being said, some 50,000 customers across the Tampa area are without power at this hour, and over 7,500 of them are at a hurricane shelter. And as you said, this is how the Hillsborough Bay looks at this hour. You can see the riverbed out here. Ian's strength has taken all of this water out into the Gulf of Mexico. It is also pulling water from the nearby Hillsborough River. Of course, all of that water has to make its way back in. And so the expectation is, the worry is, that when that water comes back in, we're looking at a storm surge of anywhere between five to six feet. And then when you add into that the nearly foot or so of rain that is expected to fall across the Tampa area, that is when officials believe we might start seeing some of the uh, severe flooding along Bayshore Boulevard, which hugs the, uh, the river uh, out here. Officials for the last couple of days have been telling folks if they lived in one of these two evacuation zones, they really needed to get out just because they were worried about the storm surge associated with Hurricane Ian. Folks have been coming out here the entire day to take a look at this site because it is quite rare. When we first got here this morning at around 5, 5.30 in the morning, you couldn't see the riverbed, and now you can make out all sorts of debris that's out there, including uh, these crab traps as well as other items there. And officials are trying to say, look, don't come out here. Don't try to take pictures. Don't try to record any video. Because at some point this afternoon, as Ian makes its way up north, all of this water is going to come right back in. And the last thing they want is folks anywhere alongside the Hillsborough Bay or the river out here. Because once you start seeing that surge, it becomes quite unpredictable. The rain, it's not going to let up. The wind is not going to go anywhere. They're just urging folks to go ahead and stay put. Carlos, Carlos, I'm going to ask your cameraman uh, if you could pass this on to him. If he, I'm not sure if you can hear me, uh, to, to pan over uh, the, the riverbed that you're describing, uh, and if you could just explain uh, while he does this what this normally looks like and what happened, so that so that we're now seeing uh, all of this riverbed instead of river. If you could ask him to do that. Yeah. So yeah, of course, uh, Dom. So if you can go ahead and just pan over so we can show the riverbed. You see that trap right there, that crab trap. When we got here this morning, you couldn't make it out. The water used to come all the way out here to the very beginning of where uh, we are live at. Uh, we're being told by our team of meteorologists that at one point out here, Ian's strength was so powerful that during high tide, right, so when the water was supposed to be coming in, Ian's strength was going against it. It was taking the water out, so it was more powerful than high tide. At that moment, you can see it doesn't get a whole lot better. That overpass uh, over there, you can see, is pretty much just all riverbed. You take this all the way down for a few more miles, and it is the exact same thing. Tampa's mayor was out here earlier this afternoon. She got a look at the site herself. Tampa police, they've got a number of officers going up and down Bayshore Boulevard, trying to get folks away from going inside of this river, of this bay, because again, the concern, Jake, is once that water starts to fill back in, then we might have some serious problems with any folks that find themselves on the other side of this bay. And Carlos, how, how quickly does that happen when the water returns uh, in this bizarre phenomenon uh, of a hurricane? Uh, how, how quickly does the water come back? I mean, is it, it, is it the kind of thing where you can actually be trapped uh, and, and, uh, and the water life-threatening? Oh, there's no doubt. You could easily be out there and not realize that the water's coming back in. That said, we've been here since about 5, 5.30 this morning, and it's just been going out, out, out. I don't know, Dom, if you can go ahead and show the mouth of the river here. 
That's the Hillsborough River that goes right up along uh, the Tampa General Hospital out here. That right there, that current has been going out the entire morning. It has not stopped once. That water at some point is going to make its way out onto where we are, coupled with all of that rain. The timetable for when that happens really depends on how fast this storm moves and just how much of that rain ends up falling in this part of Tampa. All right, Carlos, that's fascinating. Thank you so much. Please stay safe. Uh, let's talk about the dire situation in Florida right now uh, with Republican Senator Marco Rubio of Florida. Uh, Senator, uh, your Twitter feed uh, is full of uh, your expressions of concern and also dire warnings to Floridians. Uh, one of the things you wrote this morning about the storm surge, quote, if you ignore evacuation orders, you are going to drown. Uh, I assume that these kinds of warnings need to be said this starkly because people don't necessarily heed them. Well, when we talk about storm surge and how it kills people, that's how it kills people. Maybe we want to be blunt. I mean, that's people that die in storm surge, people that die in water, is because they drown. We're talking about projected between 12 and 18 feet. You know, the National Hurricane Center had to redo their storm surge projection map. They didn't have a color for 12 to 18 feet. So we're seeing some of those images now. If you see some of luckily, it looks like most people heeded those warnings. A few may have not, may not have. Obviously, some of the people sending us videos did not. Uh, but the part of the challenge now is how do you get to people? Because that water is not just going to go away for hours, and then it leaves behind all kinds of dangerous conditions on the ground. So the storm surge, the wind, this is a already a catastrophic event, and I think the worst is yet to come between the rain and the areas it's going to go through. I mean, this thing's going to march right up I-4, up towards northeast Florida, maybe Jacksonville or Daytona. A huge swath of Florida's population is going to be impacted by this uh, in one way or another. The I-4 corridor, as it's known, uh, uh, from Tampa, St. Pete, all the way to the east coast of Florida. There's likely going to be widespread damage up and down this coast. Uh, tell uh, any Floridians watching, where can they go for resources that they're going to need uh, after the storm passes? Well, obviously, we've been posting that on rubio.senate.gov. We're going to have it up there. We'll have it on my uh, political website, which we're going to just use for, for the next few days just to, to put out information about that as well, marcorubio.com. But then, look, the, there's the state emergency uh, disaster.org that, that in Florida that does that and has it available to you. So that's obviously assuming that you have access to the Internet. I'd also ask them to tune into local news and broadcasters because they're going to be putting out this information. After the storm passes, people are going to be eligible for FEMA assistance, maybe SBA assistance. We proactively, a couple of days ahead, began to put out some of the documents that people are going to need to have to access that. We spoke to FEMA director this morning. Uh, they have simplified their process uh, coming into the hurricane season to make it easier for people to access it. But there are going to be people left without homes, uh, without access to money and food for, for a substantial period of time. And we want them to know we'll be out there helping to make those resources available after uh, the storm has passed and conditions are safe. So Governor DeSantis um, recalled earlier that, that it took several days to reach Mexico Beach after Hurricane Michael in 2018. Uh, I, yeah. I assume post-storm access is a real concern. Well, there's two things that limit the access. The first, obviously, is standing water because this is not just storm surge. It's the amount of rain, you know, the, this, this Peace River uh, which, which goes through multiple counties from through Hardy and all the way up to Polk County. And the low-lying areas there are going to be flooded by both rain that's been happening now for a few days, along with the storm surge. So there's the water impediment, but then there's also road debris. One of the things we talked to FEMA about is the removal of debris is something that needs to happen because without the debris removal, without the bolt collection and you're moving trees and limbs and all the stuff that's on the road, you can't get emergency crews in there. You can't get power restoration going. So that's going to be one of the first tasks once it's safe and conditions allow 
is debris removal in addition to the water situation in these low-lying areas, which could stand for some days. Industries across Florida are, are going to feel this storm acutely. Maxar Technologies says at least 75 percent of Florida's citrus belt is under threat of heavy flooding. The fertilizer company Mosaic, which is based in Tampa, bracing for substantial impact at its mining and production facilities in the state. That's obviously important because high fertilizer prices have made food prices soar worldwide. Uh, what resources uh, are going to be there to provide to these industries if they do, in fact, take these projected hits? Well, for the first time ever, back uh, four years ago, uh, we were able to get the Department of Agriculture to include agricultural losses and some of those catastrophic losses as part of the loss. And we're going to have to do that again. The citrus industry in Florida is already teetering on the brink because of citrus greening. They lose this year's crop and a bunch of trees. You can't just restart that. That takes time in the planting season and the growing season and so forth. So it's going to be a big hit for them. The phosphate industry, obviously, the, the, the fertilizer industry, that's a new dynamic. And there's two issues of concern there. One is environmental, uh, the impact it might have because that water is going to flow back in other places. And the other, as you said, is the loss of, of this fertilizer supply. Um, and, and it's one that we're going to really have to examine. It's one of first impression. It's the first time we'll face that kind of loss. And we'll have to see how we work that into any disaster relief. It's, it's hard to tell until there's a full assessment. This is going to be a multi-billion dollar event, unfortunately. All right. Well, stay in touch with us, Senator Rubio. Obviously, we want to help uh, you and the citizens of Florida get the message out as much as we can. Appreciate it. Thanks for your coverage. If Ian holds its current intensity, this will be the strongest hurricane to ever make landfall on the west coast of the Florida Peninsula. More of what that looks like in real time next. Welcome back. I want to dip into our affiliate right now, WJXT, and a reporter in Northport, Florida. Just just watch and listen. We're about 45 minutes from Fort Myers, and people here say they have never actually had a direct hit from a hurricane until now. They are certainly getting it. That is the powerful Hurricane Ian right behind us. You can see it is absolutely just uh, punishing these trees, the vegetation, and everything in its wake. We have seen trees snap. We've seen trees come down the road. All the stop signs are gone and some roofs from nearby buildings have been ripped off. So you may be wondering how I'm able to stand up in this when these wind gusts are over 150, 160 miles an hour. Well, because we are at this fire station. This is fire station 81 in Northport. The firefighters uh, keeping watch on the area and us. So this is a category five rated building, they tell us. And certainly this is the only thing keeping us from being out in this. I want to show you what it looks like. Uh, we saw this tree come down before our eyes. We've seen roofs. We've seen pieces of metal coming down the road right there. Branches actually going into fire rescue. And I talked with firefighters, police officers, sheriff's deputies here. They are not responding to any calls right now. They're not responding to any 911 calls. They can't rescue anyone because it's just too dangerous for them to be out on the roads. So we've been looking. They have been getting calls. And unfortunately, people out here who were told to evacuate days ago just have to fend for themselves until the worst of this storm comes through. Uh, you know, I've been in a lot of hurricanes throughout the state of Florida, throughout the southeast. This is an incredibly powerful one. It reminds me of Hurricane Michael back in 2018 out there in Florida's panhandle. Absolutely devastating parts of Panama City. 
wiping out Mexico Beach. Hopefully, hopefully this area fares better, but we won't know until this storm goes away. All right, that's from WJXT. Um, I want to bring in Dave Reuter, who's the chief communications officer for Florida Power in Light. So Governor Ron DeSantis is warning Florida residents to expect widespread power outages. Already uh, more than uh, one million people in Florida without power. How many people are you anticipating will be affected ultimately? Yeah, good afternoon, Jake. Um, so with the, with the nature of this storm and the fact that it is now made landfall and is making its way across the peninsula. It's hard to say exactly how many power outages we'll have, but there are several million Florida Power and Light customers in the path of this storm. I can tell you that right now we have just about 1 million outages. Um, We have been restoring power to customers for the last 24 hours as the outer bands started to come through our service area. So we've restored power to about 350,000 customers so far, but presently we have about 1 million customers out of power. Are you expecting all the outages or most of them to be on the west coast of Florida or could they go uh, into the the central part of the state as well? Uh, We're expecting power outages throughout the service territory uh, through the path of the storm. Uh, The reality with a storm like this is, of course, you expect power to be out uh, as a a Category 4 storm will hit the coastline. But as it goes through the state, um, there will also be additional outages due to uh, tornadoes, flooding, uh, and the high winds that it will accompany the storm all the way across the peninsula. Uh, you know, the, the expectation from the National Hurricane Center is that this will still be a Category 1 storm when it exits Florida on the East Coast, uh, possibly tomorrow. How quickly are you able to restore power, or do you need to wait for the storm to pass before you take any action to try to restore power? So uh, generally we can get out and start assessing the damage uh, and figuring out how long it's gonna take to restore power about 24 hours after the storm has passed a specific area. Um, And so that's our intention. The challenge will be tomorrow, uh, particularly on the west coast of Florida, uh, what does it look like in in terms of storm surge, in terms of flooding? Will we be able to get into those areas? Uh, we're going to use all of the tools that we have at our disposal, our drone technology, um, the, the diagnostic systems that we have to figure out where the power's out and what we may be able to do to get it back on uh, safely and as quickly as possible. However, the expectation is uh, the floodwaters will probably be the biggest challenge that we're going to face uh, in the next 24 to 48 hours. So after that initial 24-hour period after the storm has passed, after that, how long does it typically take to restore power? So uh, in the case of this storm, um, it could be a complete rebuild of the system in certain parts of the West Coast. Um, obviously, uh, you know, if it's, uh, if it's a windy storm, maybe a Cat 1 or a Cat 2 or 3, depending on, on how it comes in, um, generally we can restore power in a matter of hours to a matter of days. Um, when you're talking about a system, a storm of this magnitude, and what we're seeing already, just from some of the early visuals, um, we, we expect that there are going to be parts of our system on the West Coast which will need to be rebuilt, uh, and that is going to take longer. Um, could be number of days, could be a matter of weeks, depending on exactly what the nature of the damage is. All right. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Florida Republican Senator Rick Scott is here with me uh, in, in studio to discuss. Um, Senator, what are you hearing about this storm? Have you been briefed on the very latest? Yeah, I've been talking to sheriffs and mayors, um, state officials, you know, all day long, FEMA. The first thing, we've got to make sure is everybody's safe. Um, so what my hope is, is that everybody, um, you know, took care of themselves, they're in a safe place. 
I know that we've got in my hometown in Naples, as an example, I've talked to the mayor a few times today, unbelievable amounts of water. Uh, I've been talking to like the sheriff in Lee, Lee County. They've unbelievable amounts of water. The problem you have is that if you look at the West Coast, you got a lot of low-lying areas, and some of these homes are built in pretty, you know, not that far above high, high median tide, and along the rivers and the bays. So, um, so we're we're going to see a lot of we're going to see a lot of damage. I hope we don't lose any lives. That's my biggest concern: is keep everybody alive because you need, as you know, you can be, rebuild your house. You just can't rebuild your life. So. But we're going to have a lot of damage, a lot of damage. So you were governor for two terms. Um, so you, you know from hurricanes. You've, I'm used to seeing you, I was saying before, with your Navy hat on in the, uh, in the emergency response center on Tallahassee. Um, what is the reason for people losing their lives? I mean, obviously the storm. But is it people who decide to stick it out and they're just in the storm's path? Is it people who are lulled into a false sense of security um, because of the eye of the hurricane or because of waters being removed from an area? What is the most dangerous part of this? So in our four storms, uh, the one that was the hardest to make sure we didn't lose somebody was Michael. And here's why. In it 2018, happened. yeah. Like that. It happened. And I think over four, four, days, four days, it went from a storm to Category 5. Then what people f- focus on, they focus on, oh, it's a four. Or I've, oh, I've done, you know, I've, a one, I've been through a one before. That's not the problem. The problem is storm surge. The water is what kills you. I mean, the, the wind might, you know, be, might be a real problem, but actually the water is what kills you. You know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten foot of storm surge coming up, you can't survive that. You're, maybe your building can't survive that. And so what we're trying to figure out, I've been talking to the Hurricane Center, the National Weather, Weather Service, how do we get people to understand the storm surge? It's happening. Uh, there's better graphics all the time. You guys have put out really good graphics. The National Hurricane Center has. But that's, that, I think, is the biggest. And then all this flooding. The state was already saturated, right? So the first thing is, what you want is evacuate, be careful. Then afterwards, you've got, you're going to have down power lines. You're going to have a lot of down power lines because the state was so saturated with water. And then this wind is just going to knock down a lot of stuff. You're going to have standing water. You're going to have people go use generators that don't know how to use generators. You're going to have people that go use power tools that don't know how to use them. It's a lot of aftermath. Yeah, I mean, that's what I I worry about is think about everything can get rebuilt. It's just we got to keep everybody alive. You got. I mean, what you guys do to just educate people is really important. So the the um, the, and and that's another reminder for me is to tell people as you just were suggesting. Don't go anywhere near downed power lines. No. It's why it's so. One of the reasons why it's so dangerous out there. Those downed power lines. People. Uh, it's in some uh, in some of these emergencies, more people die after the storm than actually during the storm. Oh, most of them. Uh, at least when while I was governor, the um, you'll see trees fall afterwards. Right. We've had we've had an individual die afterwards because the tree fell on them. You've had people touch power lines. You had people hurt themselves with a power tool. You've had people use a generator and don't know how to use a generator. You got to, I mean, you just, you just think about it. Just don't take risk. Right? right. Stay alive. Don't take risk. And, and the storm surge we're talking about, this is going to be twice as high anticipated as Hurricane Charlie, uh, which hit in 2004. Uh, you must be very worried about catastrophic flooding. So if you, if you go back to Michael, if you remember the pictures of Mexico Beach. Yeah, it was just nine, devastated. Yeah. So nine foot of storm surge, basically it moved homes. Yeah. I, they moved home to the other side of the road. Uh, I, and unfortunately, the day after I was there and their families that lost their loved ones, and they were just, they'd always been through hurricanes, stayed there, and they were swept away. So anyone listening right now who's in Florida, what's your message to them? You got to just stay safe. You know, look, you've, if you're along the coast, you've already made your choice, right? Now, just be careful. If you're, if you're up, because, you know, as you can see in the, in the map, it's going to flow up through there. We're going to see a lot of flooding, a lot of down power lines. And so be careful. Uh, get what about through, the people... 
in the center part of the state? What about the people in Orlando? What about the people on the East Coast? So if you go if you go all the way up, you go up through Orlando, go up through Jacksonville, here's what they're going to get. They're going to get a lot of down power lines. The state's wet. We're going to see a lot of trees falling, down power lines. You're going to see a lot of flooding. So don't drive into standing water. And you, and you can't tell how deep water is. So you just, you just cannot, you just can't do that. Don't even take a chance. Think, oh, I've got a high water vehicle. I mean, who knows? Don't do it. And, and don't put anybody else in harm way, your kids, your family members, or first responders. Yeah, absolutely. Senator Rick Scott, former Governor Rick Scott, thanks so much for being with us and sharing your expertise, uh, sadly, on this uh, subject. Listen to some of the wind gusts uh, along Florida's west coast. 107 miles per hour at Sanibel Island. 112 miles per hour clocked at Naples Grand Beach. 126 miles per hour at Captiva. Again, these are wind gusts. What to expect as Ian crosses the state of Florida. That's next. Stay with us. Sticking with our breaking news, the powerful Hurricane Ian, the strongest storm to make landfall on the west coast of Florida uh, since uh, 2004. You see the eye passing right there, right over Punta Gorda. Experts warn uh, that Ian's effects could be far greater, however, than 2004, given the, the huge size and slow speed of Hurricane Ian. Let's bring in uh, the mayor of Holmes Beach, Florida, Judy Titsworth. Um, uh, Holmes Beach, a small community on the barrier island just west of Bradenton, south of St. Pete. Uh, Madam Mayor, uh, thanks for joining us. You're riding out the storm in your community. We're showing a map now showing where home speech is. There was a, a mandatory evacuation order, of course. Why did you decide to stay? Well, I really wasn't going to stay. Um, I've evacuated every time, and I tend to, to leave at the same time as the police ever since I've been in office so I can offer them my support. Um, it was about 9.30 this morning that the police decided that the gusts got up to around 40 or 45 miles an hour, that they decided they were going to leave. And at that time, everything showed that the Anna Maria was in the clear from that storm surge. That storm surge would have been devastating to the Anna Maria Island. Um, they were talking anywhere between 10 and 15 feet. Um, people couldn't have survived. So um, I'm very, very, very proud of our residents. I believe we had probably a 95% uh, evacuation. Um, it, it was a ghost town here. I'm very, I'm very, very proud of everybody. Yeah, what, what I think people might not know from, um, from the map that we showed, which was, which was rather uh, a, a large map, is that Anna Marie's on, on the tip of a peninsula uh, right near Bradenton Beach, north of Bradenton Beach, it's, it, just looking at it, it looks very vulnerable. Do you know how many uh, other residents chose to take the risk and, and hunker down at home? I do not know how many residents, but um, it's a very minimal amount. Um, probably from the people that have reached out to me, I can count them on two hands. Um, people, people really, I've never seen as many people at the sandbag pile. Uh, we've had, we, we continue to bring more and more loads of sand. Uh, the city hall has never been as prepared to deal with uh, a hurricane of this magnitude. We went farther on this storm than we did on any of the ones previous. All right, Mayor Titsworth, thanks so much. Good luck to you and the citizens of Holmes Beach. Uh, live pictures now in Punta Gorda, Florida. A calmer image there now because the eye of the storm. Uh, is traveling right over that area. We're going to have more live coverage next. Stay with us.
This is CNN Breaking News. And we start this hour of the lead uh, continuing with the breaking news on Hurricane Ian, a monster Category 4, almost Category 5 storm that has made landfall this afternoon on the southwestern coast of Florida with winds up to 150 miles per hour. The conditions are already being described as catastrophic. Wind so strong in Englewood, Florida, almost sounds like a freight train. We're already seeing record-breaking and terrifying storm surges throughout Florida. In Fort Myers, the water's so high, pickup trucks are almost completely submerged. Measurements show the water levels in Fort Myers have risen more than six feet in the past seven hours, higher than has ever been observed in that city. And the waters continue to rise. Let's get to meteorologist Tom Sater. He's in the CNN Severe Weather Center. And Tom, an updated forecast for Hurricane Ian should come any minute now. What should you expect? Yeah, it was just handed to me as I was waiting for it. So forgive me for reading off. But again, here's what we have. We still have a Category 4 hurricane. Uh, it's currently just five miles east of Punta Gorda here. The winds are down to 140. That's not much of a drop, so it's still a major hurricane. And most likely, Jake, will stay at hurricane strength all the way up toward Orlando. So this is going to rake the entire peninsula. Uh, we had uh, Grove City, a gust of 128. Now, when we talk about the southern side here, a better picture on radar will even give you an indication of what we're looking at. But first, here is the new track. Keeps it as four, of course, as now moving inland. But notice it's Category 1. It will lose some strength now that it's interacting with a landmass. That's typical. However, the winds have expanded now as these storms do. In fact, in the last advisory, hurricane force winds now extend outward 50 miles in each direction. That's a 100-mile swath that will rake the entire peninsula uh, with hurricane force winds. We talked about this yesterday, that every one of these tracks from the National Hurricane Center was inching a little bit to the east and to the south. Because of that, it changed the timing of our landfall, which was 103 at a Category 4. But instead of fall, uh, landfall between 5 and 8 o'clock, we thought maybe between 2 and 4. And so it was earlier. But also, because of that projection and that movement, it's now instead of just crossing you know, the northern quarter, the northern half of the peninsula, it moves up and the entire peninsula now will be feeling the effects. Tropical storm force winds uh, extend outward 175 miles on each end of the storm. For the last couple of weeks, they've been inundated with heavier than normal rainfall, almost twice as much as they would typically have. This is the rainy season for them. When you look at the radar, and we'll show you some of the rainfall estimates, this is a big deal here. First of all, notice how it's kind of this little comma shape. We're getting dry air filtering across the south into the southwest into the southeastern quadrant. That's going to cut these rain totals off big time. That is wonderful news. That was never the problem. The problem is, Jake, we've had this trough moving in from the eastern U.S. That's this trough that was going to push the system and nudge it toward the coast. However, there's been a battle between these two air masses, which was going to win out. Well, it looks like Irma's pretty much winning, even though it was edging a little eastward. But the problem is underlying in this rainfall. That trough is sending winds from the north at the surface. Irma's winds at the surface are moving northward. Where they both converge, from around the Tampa-St. Pete area to Lakeland toward Orlando, that convergence causes the air to rise. That's going to squeeze out 
much, much more in the way of rainfall. Take the landfall of Ian out of the equation, and we've got ourselves one to two feet of rain. Rainfall rates at two to three inches an hour, hour after hour after hour. No community can withstand that. So considering how far away so many communities are to the north, we're going to have 911 calls numerous of them. You can start to see radar estimates right now over 10 inches right now north of Fort Myers. Now the worst surge uh, of course is down to the south where you get to around Naples. Now the surge we believe got as high as seven feet in Naples until until, uh, the monitoring equipment went dead. It's much higher than that. I fear the pictures we're going to see out of Naples and areas of Fort Myers. It's going to be uh, quite a saddening scene tomorrow. But this band, already of 10 inches of rain, is going to lift northward as the storm lifts. And that's where the convergence sets in, Jake. And that's where the heavy rain sets in. However, it's not over with. Remember I told you how much rain they've had in the last couple of weeks. The ground is completely saturated. The soil type in Florida can only absorb so much. Sandy type of soil, water runs quickly across it. We're getting some pretty good wind gusts. In fact, I just mentioned the 120. Here's the problem. The root systems of trees are going to be extremely weak and saturated with rain and more rain to come. You toss this band of rainfall on that area, and then you toss a swath of tropical storm force winds well over 350 miles, you're going to have tens and tens and tens of thousands of trees down, downing power lines. We've got over a million without power now. That's just the beginning. Water rescues, power outages across the entire peninsula of Florida. So as a meteorologist, we need to look forward, even though the reporters and photojournalists are giving us the pictures to the south. We're going to have problems. In the last advisor, Alan, with this, more watches and warnings for the Carolinas. We'll get into that a little bit later in the show. All right, Tom Sater, thank you so much. Let's bring in CNN's Derek Van Dam again. He's live in Bradenton, Florida for us. Derek, tell us what you're seeing. Jake, it, it, this, the wind here is extremely violent. It's the strongest that we have felt up until this point. And uh, I know we're getting so many of those consistent pictures, but we were anticipating this because earlier this morning, we had a northeasterly wind that was coming up. And now that the eye wall is just scraping to the south of us, the direction of the wind has changed. And why that's important is because it's, it's literally making these kind of vortexes, almost little eddies of wind off of the building. And they become so violent, they almost slap you in the face uh, when they come off of these buildings and it becomes extremely intense. We have walked around within this area, been doing live shots for several, several hours, and we've noticed transformers lighting up the skies, literally uh, knocking out some of the communication to my producers, the electricity and the blocks behind me, the all too familiar sounds of alarms going off in the buildings here as the water seeps into uh, some of the, the, the local businesses within this area. I don't know if you just heard that sound, but that's the sign, that road sign there, shaking back and forth. And that is why we take the precautions that we do. I've got people on either side of me looking out for that type of thing, but those things can become projectiles very easily in winds like this. So we're gonna monitor that. And we have also seen a reversal of what was a, the, the easterly winds taking the storm surge or the river water from the Manatee River over my left. There's one of those intense wind gusts out of the river here. And now that the wind direction has changed, we have seen that water start to come back in. So storm surge here, still a concern. Uh, when we talk about the, 
the rapid intensification of Major Hurricane Ian upon its arrival. Ah! You guys gotta bear with me on this. These gusts are making it difficult for us to stand up. Derek, Derek, why, Derek, why don't, Derek, why don't you go someplace safe right now? I'm getting concerned about you. Uh, why don't you go some, go someplace safe? I appreciate safe? that. Thank you. you. Why don't you go to someplace safe? We will. We will do that. Please we, do that. We, we do. We do have shelter. Okay. Please go. Do, please go do that right now. Let's go to Bill Weir in Punta Gorda right now. Uh, Bill, you're you're in the eye of Hurricane Ian. Uh, tell us what you're seeing. Yeah, welcome to the eye. It's a dirty eye. We don't have blue sky, but we have parrots flying around. We have folks who have been hunkered down walking their pets, a Floridian tradition in the eye of the hurricane. Tom Sater talking about the saturated ground and the trees coming down. Lots of examples here in Punta Gorda. This trailer from downtown Bait and Tackle flipped twice. It rolled over in the storm. The, the wind put it back on its wheels. Uh, as luck would have it. We've got pieces of siding wrapped around this tree over here. And wow, look at the size of this, this big tree down at the end. Now, of course, this is not over. We're only halfway through this as a result of the eye moving over us right now. Uh, those folks not familiar might be lured into thinking, oh, the worst of it is over, but the back end of this storm could still be nasty. And that is what will bring up the storm surge that we're most worried about. Uh, our told, this is our hotel here. Luckily, we have a generator. We hope they crank that thing up because we lost our power a few hours ago. But uh, the, I'm sorry, guys, I'm just distracted by what I'm seeing up here. Wow, look at the size of this tree coming down. Again, this is one of those times when the authorities would say, don't go check your properties during the eye of the hurricane. Um, don't do this. <laughs> We're doing this for you. But it's just a little, just a little taste of what's uh, happened due to those 110 mile an hour plus wind speeds we had here at Punta Gorda. That is, a, they probably were higher than that, but the wind meter at the, the instrument actually broke at the Punta Gorda airport. So we don't know exactly how high it got, but wow, there's just one little example of the force of these winds here as well. So many of the homes in this area and then going south of us are on canals. So we're really interested once it's safe to get out into these areas, Jake, and, and look at the flooding because that is the life changer. Um, they really battened down the hatches in this town after Charlie 18 years ago, up the building codes. But these storm surge warnings that we've gotten are really unprecedented. This will be a first time test uh, for how you adapt to these new, stronger storms on a, on a warmer planet as a result of climate change. But we're going to head back inside and brace for the second end yeah, of the storm. Yeah, that's what I wanted to ask you, Bill, because, yeah, you're in, you're in the eye of the storm right now. That's why it's calm. Uh, when are you expecting to be hit by that, the other semicircle of the storm coming your way? Within an hour, probably. Uh, we've been watching it. It's hard to tell exactly. And who knows where this storm could turn? I mean, sometimes they could take a left and surprise everybody. Uh, but of course, as, as we've been talking about, the damage going north, if this thing does what Donna did, say, you know, back in the 60s and goes cranking up the peninsula and even over to the east coast, it could be much, much more destructive. We don't know. We're at the mercy of the end. And how, how long will it take you to get to shelter uh, if, you, if you saw the... the uh, the other side of the storm, the other side of the hurricane coming your way? 
It would take me as long as it would take to walk over to those stairs <laughs> right there. We're staying very close um, here. Randy Kay, our, our amazing colleague, she's a few blocks away from us in a parking garage up high. Unfortunately, the alarm is going off This, you know, as a result of the power outages now. We've seen, I guess, Florida Power and Light announced it's over a million customers now without power. It's no surprise around here when you see this kind of uh, tree down action. Um, but Randy is there. We are fully prepared to hunker down for the for the back end of this thing when it comes around. And, and Bill, um, when uh, the I mean, the town looks abandoned behind you. I don't know how many people are, are just uh, hunkering down and how many people uh, have evacuated. Yeah, it's, it's hard to tell. Again, the eye is a good gauge of that because that's when people kind of sneak out and want to drive around and take selfies, you know, and, and check out the damage. Um, we've seen a little bit of that just during the eye, but most of what we saw driving around this morning, we saw no real signs of life other than officials from the state who are out checking uh, checking on things, thankfully. So again, this is a, this is a town that that went through some real hell 18 years ago with Charlie. It's a town of about 15,000. The majority of the folks, well over half, are retirees. Um, and so you got to wonder, some are more vulnerable than others in that particular case. But this isn't like you might see in Daytona, or I was watching this morning on one of the local stations, I, there were knuckleheads like swimming under the pilings of a pier as the waves were crashing in. We see that with every storm. Thankfully, haven't seen a lot of that uh, out here right now. All right, okay. Bill, we're going to check in with you in a little bit. Thank you so much. Let's go to Tom Sater right now. <clears throat> Tom, when, when uh, can Bill expect to be hit with uh, the other side uh, of the eye? Yeah, he's, he's got maybe, I think, within the hour. Uh, it's interesting to watch the system. If you look at the radar here, look at the brighter colors and where they are. They're on the northern, northwestern, and western flank. Notice how light green it is in areas of the southeast. That's that dry air that we were mentioning that's infiltrating the system, so the rain totals are lower here. However, with this brighter colors and this heavier rainfall are still some tremendous winds. So here he is in Puta Gorda, and there's a little bit of rainfall trying to squeeze in on that left-turn flank, but as this whole system moves off in this direction, he's going to be hit by these back winds, but it's going to take a while because they're really out here to the west. As the whole system slides, he's got a massive eye wall that he has to contend with. Just as long as it took him to get to the eye, it's going to take him that much time to get to the, through the other side of the eye wall, maybe longer, because we're seeing that expansive uh, rain shaft that's back into around that western flank. So even though this, this is part of that wind, uh, down tree problem we're talking about, that when this system moves north on the saturated ground and all this heavy rain, these trees are putting up with wind direction coming from one angle for, let's say, six, seven hours, and then that tree is going to be blown in the other direction just as strong, uh, and that goes for every structure. And typically we find that some of the structural damage you'll find in some of the homes is not on that initial band, it's on that return band as well, because there's, almost, there's only so much that these roof shingles can take. So I think we give him about maybe an hour at the, at the, at the most, but again, he's going to get hit just as hard, and that wind force and that wind direction is going to go completely in the other direction. And the surge will change as well for many locations. Jim. All right, Tom Sater, thanks so much. Let's bring in the mayor of Fort Myers, Florida, Kevin Anderson. Uh, mayor Anderson, you're in Fort Myers right now. Uh, tell us what your city's dealing with. Well, Jake, I'm uh, standing at First and Hendry Street, which is in the center of downtown. I'm about two blocks away from the river. I'm, I'm watching this FedEx box. When I got on this phone call, it was about two feet from the top. 
within that period of time, the water has risen six inches. Six inches, just in that, that brief amount of time. Your city could experience a storm surge. It's anticipated up to 16 feet. In the county just north of you, Lee County, the sheriff says the storm surge could be life-changing. Uh, are you anticipating something similar where you are? I, I can tell you I'm looking at the businesses downtown that are all flooded, windows blown out. Um, yes, it, it's, it's going to be a significant event, uh, or it already is. Um, now we just got to wait and see. We're coming out of the, uh, the edge of the eye, and who knows what the next couple hours will bring. Now, at first, it's stronger up north in the Tampa, Tampa area. Then the forecast shifted downward slightly. Uh, are you worried that that means that there were residents who may not have been able to evacuate in time? Uh, there are always residents who choose not to follow the evacuation orders um, and, and to hunker down. And so as it is right now, they're stuck. I mean, the, the streets are flooded and uh, uh, emergency services couldn't get to them if they wanted to. Um, it's, it's, it's unfortunate people decide not, not to leave, but that's what we deal with. What reasons do they give? Because this is, I'm sure, not the first time you've been through something like this and, and wondered why anybody would stay. I've been here since the mid-70s. This is absolutely by far the worst storm I have ever seen. I am actually watching a guy out in the intersection right now. The water up past his knees, and he's out there taking pictures. Why people choose not to do the prudent things, uh, who knows? What resources will be available to, to those individuals who have decided to stay in Fort Myers? I'm very confident uh, that we as Floridians are very resilient when it comes to hurricanes. Um, our emergency management team is on standby. They are ready to respond and start the recovery as soon as it's safe. I've been in contact with the president, the governor, and the senator, as well as several other mayors, and there's... Uh, the resources that are available are going to be very helpful. Water, uh, equipment, whatever it takes. They've all said we're going to make uh, we're going to make this recovery happen. What are you hearing about conditions on on uh, Sanibel and Captiva Islands, which are which are just off Fort Myers? I was watching the news prior to losing power, and I could see the flooding. I can tell you, if we've got this much water in downtown uh, Fort Myers, then the beach and the islands have to be much worse. I can't imagine Sanibel right now. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Mayor uh, Kevin Anderson, the mayor uh, of Fort Myers. Thank you. Really appreciate you. your time. No and problem. We're tracking the breaking news. You can see the choppy waters there in Bradenton, Florida. Hurricane Ian delivering a historic blow, pounding Florida with winds up to 150 miles an hour. Record-breaking storm surge. The eye is over Punta Gorda right now. Uh, we have much more to come. Stay with us. the breaking news hurricane ian making landfall along the southwestern coast of florida winds as high as 150 miles per hour making ian a high-end category four hurricane almost a category five already more than one million customers are with without power uh in the state uh, of florida let's go to uh, brian todd in saint petersburg florida uh right now brian tell us what you're what you're seeing 
Okay, Jake, we got wind of a uh, some damage here at a manufactured home park, and we're here right now. We just checked it out. We consulted with a local policeman who said that there's another one here, uh, another home here in similar condition, but check this out. A roof almost completely ripped off this mobile home here in Largo, Florida, which is just outside St. Petersburg. You see the debris over here, police tape here. We knocked on the door uh, of this one, no one answering. Uh, we're also checking out some of the neighbors to see if anyone in here was hurt. We did get word from the Pinellas County Emergency Management Office that there were other roofs ripped off of this of homes in this area. They told us initially that no one was hurt, but we're kind of sweeping the neighborhood to see if anyone is around and anyone can tell us if anyone was injured in this uh, building here. We have some other updates for you. 78,000 customers in Pinellas County without power. That is according to the Pinellas County Emergency Management people. And um, again, we're just bracing for the worst of this because we still could get some really strong wind and rain in the next uh, few minutes to an hour uh, as, the, as more of these bands come through here. But uh, this whole area in Pinellas County really got slammed uh, just a short time ago. As you can see some of the damage here, our photojournalist Mike Love can just kind of pan around this area with all the debris here and everything. Uh, you know, again, we've been sweeping around these neighborhoods trying to ask people, you know, how they've been holding up. A lot of people have evacuated this area because we have found that a lot of these homes are not occupied right now. And uh, we were told by, again, by Pinellas County that uh, at least one of these houses that had the home that had the roof ripped off, uh, no one was here and, and no one was injured. I'm not sure if this, it was this one or the other one. We also got word of a home uh, that was burned down completely, but no injuries in that. So this area, we're just kind of now starting to be able to get out and sweep some of these areas around St. Petersburg. But they've got uh, all sorts of issues here, there. They've got down power lines because of down trees. The, the, the ground was saturated in St. Petersburg already. And so they're going to be sending emergency response crews out to places like this. We did see one police officer here, but no one, uh, no one else responding to this so far. Again, this is the time when some emergency responders might just be able to get out and start to respond. But even then, Jake, uh, in a lot of cases, at least we're told by officials in St. Petersburg, they may not be able to get out just yet because the danger hasn't passed yet. We're getting another really strong uh, burst of wind and rain here, Jake. All right, Brian Todd, thank you so much. I appreciate it in St. Petersburg there. Um, and and uh, we still have, we have uh, Senator uh, Rick Scott in, in studio uh, with us right now. Your reaction uh, to what we're seeing, that you heard the mayor of Fort Myers talking about how he's been in Fort Myers since the 1970s and he's never seen anything this bad. Yeah, I, talk, I talked to Mayor Anderson this morning. And yeah, the, you look at all those pictures and uh, this unbelievable storm surge. So there, and there's a lot of low-lying areas in all this area. So and you're going to have that wind. Uh, these trailer parks are going to be, people are going to, if they're in them, you know, they, they might not survive. Uh, the water is pushed up so high, and it takes a long time for that to recede. Plus, look at, the, look, at the, uh, look at the map, how much rain we're going to get. We're not even close to how much rain we're going to have. We're going to have a lot more power losses. Hopefully, you don't lose any lives, but this is not over at all, and we're going to have the rest of our state impacted by it. So it's pretty scary. It's just the start, really. I mean, yeah. don't you think? I mean, so we've seen uh, really devastating uh, effects on... Uh, Sanibel Island, Fort Myers, uh, and, and then you just saw uh, Brian Todd uh, up the coast uh, in St. Petersburg. Is that because the storm is moving up the coast or just because it's so giant? First off, it is giant. It's, it's moving up the coast. When we're getting, as you know, on the, on the left side, we're going to get a lot, of, lot more rain, it looks like. Way, way, way more rain. You get 20 inches of rain with saturated land. 
I mean, there, it's going to be a hard time for as it, as it goes up these rivers, it's going to be have a hard time coming back down. Uh, so it's, we're going to have water for a long time here. And we were talking about this earlier, but the, the how most people die, not when the storm hits, but in the aftermath. Uh, and you saw Bill Weir uh, in, in, uh, in, in Punta Vera um, and, and his he's, there was a, a Punta Gorda rather. Sorry. And there was a tree, a giant tree, giant tree. that had just fallen um, because, because here's some live pictures of Punta Gorda. Um, and that and these trees are falling because the ground is so saturated and they're going to keep falling. All right, they're going to keep falling. So you got to be careful. There's people are going to, if you're not careful, there's going to people lose their lives afterwards because the tree falls after this happened because it's so wet. Uh, but on top of that, these t- power lines, you got to watch those. And, and everybody needs, if you're going to use a generator, learn how to use it. If you're going to use a power tool, learn how to use it. I mean, just be cautious. Now, I'm, I'm, you're scared to death of losing people before the storm, during the storm, and then afterwards when people make uh, decisions that they shouldn't have made, that they could be safe. And, and how are the citizens of your state going to handle the next few days with all of this water? It's, it's, going, to be, it's going to be hard. They're going to, I mean, first off, all the water, they're going to lose power. Uh, so they're going to lose power. They're going to be, they're going to be careful. They're going to be careful, have to be careful where they go because there are going to be places you can't get anywhere, partially because it's flooded, maybe partially because there's so much debris out there. So all these uh, first responders are going to have to get down there as quickly as possible. Highway Patrol and others will be cleaning this areas to get down there and do what, uh, what you just heard, checking in those trailer homes and saying, is there anybody in there? They're going to be doing that all across, all up and down the coast. They'll be doing that. Let's go to uh, Derek Van Dam, uh, who assures us that he is uh, in a safer situation uh, right now in, in Bradenton. Uh, uh, Derek, tell us what you're seeing and what's going on there. Uh, Jake, the... Bear with me. I, I'm not a, you know, I'm not a very heavy guy, so these winds are knocking me around pretty heavily. But um, this violent, violent wind, and it stings when it picks up the water from these sheets of rain that continue to blast through the city streets of downtown Bradenton. We're in the historic district of Bradenton. Uh, we've moved into almost a sheltered area just so my team can stay somewhat stable during our live shot. That's not. The most important thing here, the idea is to pass along to people why we are doing this. We are showing people what they evacuated from. Why did you leave your homes in Manatee County, in uh, further south towards Fort Myers and Punta Gorda? This is the reason why, because these conditions are grueling and it has been a snail's pace with this with this monster, monster storm that continues to grow in size. You know, uh, as a meteorologist, looking at all the available tools that I have at my disposal, including radar imagery and, 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 uh, and what it's telling me is that this storm is still feeding off of the Gulf of Mexico right now. We're on more or less the northwestern side of the strongest part of Hurricane Ian right now. And that is still taking in some of that energy from the warm, shallow waters of the Gulf of Mexico, and it's allowing for these thunderstorms and the intense wind and rain bands to form over Manatee County, where I'm currently located right now. So this storm hasn't weakened just yet, even though we've had incremental decreases in the wind. I'm still feeling maximum, maximum hurricane force, the violent waves of energy that continue to come through here. I mean, if I can summarize it, This is the best way I can do it. I've got a four-year-old son. He loves car washes. This reminds me of 
walking through a car wash or literally driving through your car wash and rolling your windows down. <laughs> My son would understand that, uh, that comparison, but literally it's just spraying you in the face, almost stinging as it does. And I can't imagine anyone who decided to ride this out, what they must be thinking at this moment in time. My producer has friends in the area here, closer to Fort Myers, that decided to ride the storm out. And in my mind, I was thinking, Jake, you know, if there is one family who decided to ride out this storm, then there are multiple families who decided to ride out this storm. Uh, we have seen transformers blowing across the skies, lighting them up like fireworks. We have seen debris like uh, some of the awnings of the buildings as we were driving around earlier getting lofted into the sky, becoming projectiles, uh, projectiles as it does. I had seen something today that I had never witnessed before after the numerous hurricanes I've covered for CNN. The storm, the winds from this storm were so intense that it drew the water out of the Manatee River. We saw that in Tampa Bay as well. It was almost an eerie, just cathartic experience because we knew that this storm meant business. And now that the winds are changing direction, we expect, expect that surge to really come in earnest here in the, in the coming hours. Jake, All right, it's great, intense. Great reporting, Derek. Please, uh, I, I know you're in a safer place now than you were, but please continue to, to stay safe uh, uh, where you are. Uh, and, and Senator Scott, uh, one, we've seen this phenomenon now. These rivers get emptied. Uh, and then, sadly, some people go out there and enjoy the, the, the freakish nature of this fact and don't realize that water is coming back and it might fast. come back. Yeah, it's going to come back fast. You don't know how fast it's going to back. You know it's going to come back fast. It's going to come back higher, right? And so, I mean, just don't, I mean, don't take chances like this with your life. And don't take a chance that you put a first responder or your family member at risk. I mean, you just can't do that right now. You got to, you got to stop and think about this and be careful. All right, Senator Scott, always appreciate your expertise when it comes to this. You've sadly supervised a, a response in Florida to, to too many too many of these events. Uh, thank you so much for being here. We're standing by for a news conference uh, from Senator Scott's uh, successor, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, as Hurricane Ian slams the state with winds uh, up to 140 miles per hour. We're going to bring that to you live. Stay with us. New video just in. You're looking at a water rescue that just took place in Naples, Florida. You can see the devastating storm surge there. Water waste high as people just try to get to safety. We're standing by for an update now from Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, uh, who is scheduled to hold a press conference any minute now as this monster Category 4 hurricane, almost a Category 5, uh, slams his state. Uh, until that time, though, let's now talk to the mayor of Orlando, Florida, uh, Buddy Dyer. Mayor Dyer, um, you're starting to get some heavier rain in Orlando as the storm makes its way uh, into the state, uh, moving east. Uh, how worried uh, are you about scenes such as the one we saw in, in Naples just a second ago, uh, playing out in, in central Florida. So we finished our preparation and we're kind of in waited out mode. Um, we think we'll get the worst of it tomorrow. And certainly we anticipate at least tropical storm um, strength winds, if, if not hurricane force winds and it's on a path kind of like Charlie was back in 2004 but we think we'll have it for a more, much more extended time Charlie came through Orlando in about an hour and it looks like we'll have 
this storm for many hours. And when Charlie came through, we lost 10,000 trees. Um, so we're anticipating that we'll have uh, a lot of damage to our trees. A lot of uh, power will be out. Um, so we're extremely concerned. But I can say that the citizens have responded to heed the call to um, understand that this is going to be a very powerful event. Uh, your colleague, um, Fort Myers uh, Mayor Anderson, told us he's been in the area and been in Florida since the 1970s. This is the worst storm he's ever seen. Um, I Well, Charlie's the worst storm that I've seen, and this is certainly going to rival Charlie, in my estimation. Flood watch is in effect in your area at least until tomorrow evening. How concerned are you about all the lakes you have there overflowing? So we had the ability to uh, to reduce the depth of lakes, so we've drawn them down to the extent that we can. We're still extremely concerned about flooding because there's a possibility that we get 20 inches of rain over the course of 36 hours, and we have never experienced that type of event. So the water has to go somewhere. What have you, um, what's the situation with uh, people in retirement homes uh, or or assisted living facilities who who don't have the ability to evacuate? Uh, What precautions have been taken for them? Well, we're really not a a place that you need to evacuate from. Uh, People from other areas of the state are evacuating to us. We're one of the higher points in the state. We're 90 to 100 feet above sea level. Um, it's kind of funny in the case of Charlie as well. A lot of people evacuated to Orlando thinking that Orlando was going to be spared. And then it turned and kind of the same thing has happened here. We've had people that have evacuated from the West Coast. And it turns out they're still going to be in the path of the hurricane. So we have checked on all of the senior facilities um, and various places um, that we would do wellness checks on. Um, and everybody's uh, in good shape for now. Well, that's good news for now. Mayor of Orlando, Florida, Buddy Dyer, thank you so much. Appreciate your time. We are standing by for that news conference from Florida Governor Ron DeSantis as Hurricane Ian slams into the state of Florida with winds up to 140 miles an hour. We're going to bring that to you live. The pictures from Ian are are unbelievable. The storm has made landfall with winds so strong. One of our crew's uh, wind meters broke. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, host of the Chasing Life podcast. In honor of our 10th season, we want to hear from you. Leave us a message at 470-396-0832 and tell us how you chase life. It could be used on an upcoming episode.